Welcome to another episode of the Dentology Podcast, where we discuss the business of dentistry. In this podcast series, we'll be discussing all the non-clinical aspects of dentistry, from goodwill values, finance, marketing, how to buy and sell a dental practice mindset, through to where you can invest your money in team management issues. My name is Andy Acton, and I'm joined by my co-host, Chris Trevens. Let's jump straight into it. So welcome to our latest episode of Dentology, the Business of Dentistry podcast. And we are so, so fortunate today. Uh, we've got our latest guest, and it's Anna M. Anastasi, if I can say it properly, Emma Anastasi. There we go. Um, and Emma runs um, Diamond Dental Staff, which she launched back in 2018. But before that, her entry into dentistry was a receptionist, before qualifying as a dental nurse at King's College Hospital, and recently was nominated for a National Examining Board for Dental Nurses Award, which is amazing. So I first met Emma through Clubhouse, which is an audio only app that blew up during lockdown and then blew down. Deflated big time. <laughs> it blew Since down then, yeah. as about as quick as it blew up. Um, and, and Emma was great because Emma was one of the progressive people who kind of got on the front foot to support the profession, to share her wisdom, to get out there providing support, um, did topics like um, preparing for interviews and, and things like that. And it was at a time when there was a lot of uncertainty. People quite, weren't quite sure where they were going, what they were doing. So it was great that you did that because as a young business owner and you've got so many things to do with yourself, to put yourself in a position to help the profession at a time when they needed it. I, th I thought it was absolutely great. Um, so you. yeah, welcome Emma. Welcome Emma, how are you doing? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me and for inviting me on today. Um, it's really lovely. Uh, to have connected with you on Clubhouse um, yeah. because I saw the branding before, but <clears throat> I think before a lot of people sort of not hid behind their branding, but you were aware of their branding and their services, but you didn't often get to meet the people behind it. Mm. Um, so I think um, platforms like Instagram, Clubhouse especially, you were you couldn't hide behind pictures um, no. or like no. graphics or True. anything like that. It was your face and your voice. So mm. it felt far more authentic for you to be able to then be like the face of that brand or the face of that company or business or, I, you know, your own self. I think people want that more. I think increasingly where you used to feel more comfortable just interacting with the business and you dealt with whoever was behind that business. I think now people are like, well, who is behind that business and what mm. drives them and what are yeah, they interested yeah, yeah. in and, and what are they like and who do they know and who would recommend them? I think people are going, yeah. th those points of proof, they're like yeah. digging deeper and well, deeper. Well, zero hour, wasn't it? Zero hour is now not even before they've met you. It's yeah. like they've done so much research on you yeah. before they even want to engage with you. Yeah. Really. And also, if you, are, if you are engaging, you're engaging, yeah. you know, something like Clubhouse for you, it was, was great news because it gave yeah. you an opportunity to kind of show who you are and, yeah. and share the knowledge you've got. I was only actually like on Clubhouse a couple of times. So it was more, you're right, we did host those webinars um like in the peak of the pandemic when the practice closures started myself mars and nikki Rowland, mars from is the director from dental nurse network we got together and we were like like what can we do mm. um and around like april time was the um like world autism awareness month um so i felt like okay well it'd be cool to do like an autism awareness webinar it's like mm. a free thing just because i'd experienced it where dental professionals that haven't been exposed to people with disabilities whether they're obvious or hidden disabilities um almost felt quite avoidant but it was it was because they didn't have the confidence i guess mm. to interact or to know whether they deal with the patient or with the family member or carer so i just wanted to be able to re like offer that reassurance and rebuild that confidence and share some examples that way so then that 
caught the attention of Mars from Dental Nurse Network. And then um, like with Nikki and uh, Stephanie, which is um, one of her team members, we decided to all join as a panel to offer like a virtual support group, which initially started weekly. Um, so I came in as like the recruitment expert and then um, Mars and Stephanie was more like the training side of things and, and the uh, update with like cross-infection protocols. Um, and then Nikki came in more of like a business consultancy leadership. Mm. So we balanced everything out so nicely. Um, and we had everyone join the call from receptionists to nurses to practice mm. owners to principal dentists. Um, and it was like a really, it was like a virtual support group. It was really mm. lovely. Um, so I guess that's how like our um, audience started growing. And then before that, we had our recognition awards that we couldn't host as we wanted to. So that was like a virtual uh, event as well. But that meant that I was reaching out to people that we really look up to in the industry to ask them <coughs> to give us some gifts that we can make um, like awards uh, rewards with so we made yeah. like these recognition award boxes that we sent out again it would have been so lovely to have been able to deliver them in person mm. we put like amazon vouchers in there we had parlor i've got one of shaz's books here but we had um <laughs> we had like a consult with nikki a consult with shaz a consult with um victoria wilson there was so much um mm. like vouchers for our courses placements on our courses Oh, it was just it was just a real dream. It was a really lovely thing to be a part of and to build mm. everyone up again during a time when it was like really uncertain. So and I think also through that period. Yeah, and I think through that period a lot of people um were kind of just kicking their heels. They weren't sure what to do because there wasn't that need for core services because yeah. practices weren't open or um they just weren't ready to, to mm. move in that direction. So yeah. having a purpose and being involved in a project like mm. that, which is exciting yeah. and different. So they're it, all on clubbers. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It, it, sort of keep, it sort of keeps you busy, doesn't it? And Absolutely. things like that are, are, are quite energising in their own right. Well, they weren't dental specific either. <clears throat> um, it was yeah. more like personal development, which is something we're really passionate in. So like one of them was mindset, say, um, right, and yeah. that worked really well. And another one was planning, because we thought, okay, well, could you remember the amount of emails that came through of CPD, oh. online CPDs, it was yeah, online yeah, yeah. webinars? <laughs> there was a lot. And it was actually, at one point, it was really overwhelming because I felt like everything was coming at you from all angles. So I felt like, okay, well, this is one thing that we need to do, but this is a time when people need that almost like leading with sort of empathy and understanding personal mm. rather than professional development, I guess. Mm, yeah. Um, so it was really nice to... Um, it was really nice to connect with people that way. But at the time, it was quite frustrating for me because I wanted to do more and I was so limited with what I could do. And it was a time where it was really, like, we felt really vulnerable. We were like, practices mm. are closing for three months. Where do yeah, we, yeah. where Did do you we get fly? your revenue? Yeah. yeah. Mm. Um, so we felt like it was irresponsible. We saw people marketing like 50% off of recruitment fees. <laughs> That's not what people need at that time. Mm. Um, so it was important that we, you know spoke about furlough and what that meant and you know we still had to help practices with their team of, of um, community members that we placed in their practices months and months or years before they were like we don't know if they, we're gonna have to make them redundant or what the deal is so um, yeah. a lot of that time was spent just consulting I guess our practices mm. our friends on you know maybe what it is they need to plan for how they need to lead their team at that mm. at that moment. No, I, th I well, think it was a huge was, amount of worry, wasn't there? Oh, because it was yeah. uncertain. Yeah. Even though I told my children that in July we'd have a barbecue too. 
Yeah. Good job you didn't say which year that barbecue yeah, would yeah, be. Yeah. Should have specified. So before we get into the the business bit, roll roll back to the very beginning before you got into dentistry. What what was your upbringing like? What, you know, school. Where did you live? Oh, what, what, I, did you go to school? <laughs> um, I was a class clown at school. I didn't really take it too seriously. I just went, you know, I just thought it was an absolute laugh. Um, I grew up with three brothers. Right. Um, I can do more kick-ups than all of them. <laughs> um, Good. Well done. Well done. Oh, what do you want to know? Um, my dad's Italian, um, so half Italian. Hence um, the surname. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, hence the surname. But like, we grew up with a lot of um, such like a wonderfully diverse group of like extended family friends so when I used to go to school I, used to, I wasn't you know I wasn't that smart so I tell everyone I was half Irish half Italian half Singaporean half Indian <laughs> because these Good are all people fractions. that were really close to me and, and they were my like you know I could still consider them as my family they were family so in my head I was like they're a bit of me I'm a, I'm a bit of them when you say you, you're, you're not that smart you clearly are because you're owning and running your own business and you've, you've, you've navigated your way through dentistry book smart do, like do, I'm, do I'm quite creative like um even after finishing school i went on to do art and design graphic design photography so that's where my eye for branding and that's where i right. geek out on branding but not just on you know the the digital um um ip but actually carrying that forward carrying that brand yeah. forward with your team training and the mm. customers so you're, so you're perhaps like lots of people that kind of core mainstream academic sit down learn stuff do a test that just wasn't for you not that doesn't mean you're not smart it just means you're more of a, of a visual practical learner right as opposed to a learner in a traditional school sense i when i went to i landed a job as a dental receptionist completely just what happened was my brother's girlfriend at the time was working at a dental practice she was staying at my house and she'd never go to work so the morning that she didn't go to work I called the practice and I was like are you looking for a receptionist I just got back from New York I was in New York nannying for my cousins for like three months um, and I was so depressed like I just I, I couldn't get out of the, um, the jet lag and finding the job and I just didn't know what direction to go in I missed my cousins terribly um, and Charmaine who was the practice manager at the time was like oh can you start tomorrow and I remember my voice was really croaky because I called her in bed and I think she actually asked me are you in bed and I was like no <laughs> <laughs> um, so I went that morning and I was is that so one of nervous. your interview tips now yeah, for yeah. people yeah. get out of bed when you make your conversation have your conversation they're probably in a video yeah. call now yeah. early bird catches the warm don't even get out of bed start in bed um, so I went to meet her and she was like okay like, can you start with, like today so that was it and I loved it and at that point if someone said you're going to be a dental nurse I would have been like no way not for me but I can't tell you how much I loved it um so the dental nurse um who was she was only a, like she was a temp she was like Emma you have to go to King's her name's Stacey she's in Canada now she's like you have to train at King's as a dental nurse it's a great stepping stone towards becoming like a dental hygiene or therapist because that was the route that you had to take at that time right, yeah. and because I didn't have the scientific and was that your grades, thinking at that time was that your thinking to, to, to move down the, towards the clinical path well in my practice they couldn't facilitate my training because it was a small practice we had two part-time right. dentists two surgeries and two dental nurses Where, whereabouts are you in the country at this point sunny Mitcham South London ah, oh, Mitcham. Right. Okay. Mitcham South glorious, London above, above a locksmith I think we had um we had a, a couple of Caribbean shops 
Did you? Yeah, <laughs> a couple I remember of Caribbean it well. shops, and that's what I really miss about being in South London, not being in South London, because we don't have too many here in Brighton. We used to go out all the time and get our patties, and it was just <laughs> a great time to be alive. Um, so yeah, they so really it's like a business opportunity. They, they really yeah. encouraged me. I'm pleased, not another idea. Um, <laughs> they um, encouraged me to go to Kings, so I went to Kings. I thought oh, I'll apply, but I really didn't think that I was going to get in. And I remember being interviewed by. Um, like there was like three or four and that's the biggest interview I ever had and what's really lovely now is how everything's full circle because Miss Coker who's like the head of like the Dental Institute um, she had been nominated um, for our um, like our recognition awards so it was so nice to have that journey with them as like a trainee and then go back with this lovely package um, to you know, recognize all her efforts because during the pandemic, imagine that would have been a mighty task to mm, orchestrate yeah. the whole, being responsible for, you know, your trainees, your qualifiers. That's just, I'm not sure many of us would have um, had the capacity to be able to um, complete that task. Mm, yeah. Um, Kings was lovely. I was a uh, one of the <coughs> dental nurse representatives. And again, like, I just remember laughing the whole way through. I just had the best time. I made some really great friendships. Um, it was like a highlight, like two, two of the best years of my life, I'd say. And then I went to, um, I went to Darwin and Tanner for like an interview, but it wasn't, oh, okay. it, I didn't know it was an interview. <laughs> I think there was a mix up. I was meeting my friend Karina for a drink at the time, who was also from King's. And she said in passing to Susan Tanner, oh, my friend Emma's here. And I think Susan was on her way down to collect someone else for an interview um, and called me. <laughs> and she was asking me loads of questions. And I was just this like, This oh, sounds yeah, like a little bit nice. like, do you remember that guy who got interviewed on BBC oh, News? Oh, I shared the that the subject. other day. Yeah, yeah. That it was feels so a little funny. bit like that yeah, scenario yeah, yeah, where yeah, you're brilliant. sitting there and you're answering questions and you're not quite sure what's going on. I wasn't, but I was just going, <laughs> I was just going with it. You were going with the flow. Yeah. <laughs> And she was like, when do you finish Kings? And she was like, have you got a job? And I was like, um, not yet. She was like, do you want one? And at the time I was thinking, I love being in that community environment. And I think, not think, I know that has massively contributed to why I wanted to build a community with Diamond Dental staff. Like we don't have a pool of candidates or like applicants, we have a community. Um, and before I was at Kings, I was working for the police as well. So I've always had that sense of community. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, these, these are all things that have, I guess, built me up into building mm. what we have today. So did you take the job? I did. And I, again, I had the best time. Darwin and Tanner was incredible. I worked with all the specialists. They were so kind to train me and um, they're massive on personal and professional development as mm. well. They have their own academy. So they train me in like suture removal, um, just picking up, just working with um, Andrew Darwood. That was the first time that I really understood innovation. It was the first time that I'd been exposed to it even. And mm. it just blew my mind. I just loved sitting in and consultations with him and hearing how he would articulate and express himself to patients and explain certain treatments. And, and I, there were so many times when my jaw was just on the floor <laughs> in complete awe of him. Um, and they trained me in dental radiography, which was such a big deal for me because I've never been diagnosed with it, but I think I have dyscalculia, which is like dyslexia, but with numbers. Oh, so okay. numbers and letters together is a real deal for me. And it's probably been my biggest challenge. 
and mm. I just thought I'm never going to do it but I was mm. the I was so committed to doing it and I knew that if I was studying after work I wouldn't I'd be too distracted by the rest of my day so I was waking up at like four o'clock five o'clock in the morning studying and then going to work coming back and doing it repetitively and I think I was the first person to pass radiography and that was a really defining moment for me in that if I if I commit myself to doing something like I can do it mm-hmm. um, but I remember being in, in practice and I was in hospital we used like um, um, upper right one upper right two for charting and I was working with a dentist and he was like two one one two two and I was in my mind I just could not keep up and I felt so embarrassed I felt so silly and that when I left that day I was crying my heart out thinking this is the standard of this like private practice there's no way I can keep up with this and in my mind I was like I can't do this anymore I felt too mm. embarrassed to go in the next day and then I thought oh, you're, you're being you're being really silly just go in and, and I remember being really nervous and shaking and being like that doesn't work for me can we try in a different way <clears throat> and actually was, he was so fine with it but in my head I built up this mm. massive challenge that actually mm. I didn't even need to because it was fine but also credit to the dentist for doing that because I'm sure there's lots of people who would say well that's the way we do it kind of either get on with it or, or you have no use to us but uh, the way or the home yeah way, exactly to have that ability to change is is, is yeah is, that's, that's great and that that obviously helped you in terms of your confidence as well because yeah. it could have gone one way or the other couldn't it yeah absolutely yeah. it nearly did yeah yeah um, so um, you, you've, you've, you've said before I read that you said you had to rebuild your confidence because that was lost. And I wonder whether listening to you talk now, you, you've obviously built this community for the nursing profession and you're utterly passionate about supporting them. Is there a link between your loss of confidence, how you rebuilt that and why you now are Absolutely. building this community for the nursing profession? What, what went on yeah, there? Yeah, so that journey was like I was sort of headhunted to join a practice. And I just felt like it was missold to me, but it was the first time that I'd worked with an agency. I was moving from London to Brighton. Um, and for me to work as a dental nurse in London was like a five to 10K pay cut. So I knew that that wasn't an option for me. So I knew I had to push myself to be in a managerial position, but I, I didn't have any managerial training. Um, so again, I was like, I was just constantly pushing myself. Um, and then I got to this practice and it was quite a high turnaround, which is when I discovered that what I really love doing is interviewing different professionals, everything from like receptionists up to dentists, you know, hygienists, cleaners, um, hearing their backgrounds, hearing where they want to be, and then sitting back and thinking, okay, how can we support you on this journey? Um, where do you fit within our team? Where do our values align? How are you going to be with our patients and our patient journey? How does everything fit in together? Mm. Really geeked out on that. And I was working with other agencies and they just like, they just kept sending me CV after CV, but didn't at all pay any attention to what we needed, what our requirements were, what what we were looking for. And um, then there was like a few different things that like weren't meeting my expectations. So when I tried to reach back to the recruitment agency and be like, can you help me with this? I had zero support that was ignoring my calls, ignoring my emails. And then because I was signing all these different agreements with contracts, I realized that it's a very commission-based focus, very salesy. And then I thought mm. that is gross. Like we're dealing with people and it's seen as sales and that really grossed me out. And I felt like what is missing is that support for the job applicant. Mm. in preparing them for the interview but also that support for the dental practices to help them and rather than being like 
an agency and I've had to really come away from that because I learned very quickly that people do not want to talk to agencies due, in, due to having like a really bad experience with them before. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, but what was missing, they, they needed to feel like an extension to the team rather than an agency that you know has notorious um, fees associated to it that mm. when you go to them support, you're not going to get it because they've done their part. They've made their sale. And that's how it that's how it felt, and it really grossed me out. Um, but at the time, yeah, I did. I I was really going through uh, anxiety for the first time, and I was waking up in the morning, my stomach was in absolute knots. I was like crying before school, not wanting to go in. And then I'm like always just putting on a brave face when I got there. Um, but I felt like it was so far, so much more than I can like really handle. But. I guess that it wasn't it wasn't with me but I just felt like it was I was mm. just limited I didn't have much um uh, autonomy um with the team to to lead the team like I like I wanted mm. to I guess and then I also felt like I hit a brick wall in that I only qualified three years before and then now I'm a practice manager and I was hungry and I wanted more but I felt like okay you can't be a practice manager because you're you're obviously not very good at it so I thought okay I'm going to start a dog grooming company and I made I was I, done with people honestly I didn't want to talk I to anyone I can see where you went all. there from mouths <laughs> so to, oh. I put so much time in thinking okay I need about 20 grand to convert a van and then I'll, like, I'll have a mobile <laughs> unit and I was talking to local councils about maybe having like a pop up in their car park once a month and, and go around Sussex and do it that way and then one day I was I was at my ex's house when we lived together and I was so snotty, my eyes were scratchy and I just burst out laughing. I was like, I can't be a dog room, I'm allergic to dogs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's probably oh, not, a bad, so silly. not a good idea. Good idea. <laughs> and then I thought, well, maybe I'll become a carer and go into houses. And then I had this idea of starting a company called like Helping Hands and again, being an extension to the family, creating and that trust. you realise you're allergic to old people. <laughs> I just, I just thought, well, I'm going to have to go back and do caring. And then I thought, do you know what? What you need to do is, if you're not happy with something, you know, set your own change standard, it. Mm. change it. And um, I suppose that's a great thing that came out of it. That uh, yeah, we often talk about you know what, where, where do you, where were your best learnings? Yeah, where are the greatest learnings we have, and learning some things that are going well are, are okay, but learning from things that don't go well, or learning from people who you know are idiots yeah that those tend to be the better learnings and you obviously saw an environment that you knew was needed and was necessary but was just being delivered in a really you know unhealthy way it was great that experience it in both yeah. hands and at a time where i felt like this is such an awful part of my like time in my life where i just felt yeah. so unsettled and so uncomfortable and something that i put so much energy into but mm. now i'm like i'm so happy that happened like i'm so unbelievable that had that needed to happen to put that mm. fire to ignite that fire in my belly for me to wake up at four o'clock in the morning mm. that night or that morning <laughs> to grab my laptop and I remember jumping out of bed with so much energy more energy than I had in ages and my ex was like what are you doing I was like, I'm gonna start my own recruitment agency and, I, and that was it then from like five o'clock in the morning to like 12 o'clock at night I was in my pajamas um, working away, not eating, <laughs> not really taking too many toilet breaks. I was like a recluse. I was just like in there, like building. It took me like over a month to build my own website because I'd, I'd never oh, done well. one before yeah, and yeah. I didn't know what I was doing, but I was so. You're in the zone. I was so in the zone. Yeah. Mm. And that was, that was four years ago now. So you started your business in 2018. Yeah. And if we think that in early 2020, 
what went on you know for half of your your business life you've been tackling managing dealing with covid but putting out the, fires the flip, i think is the expression well yeah but the thing is you know we we, we spoke to somebody earlier we, and we said the same thing congratulations because you're still here thank you're you you're still in business and yeah. you know i don't know if you know the stats but but the majority of businesses that start don't don't make it through two years yeah if you can get through two years you've done really well so yeah. you're now uh, in fact i think it's four years this month isn't it uh, yeah, you've we been, just celebrated been, our fourth year anniversary. We, exactly. we kept so, it quite like on the down low. Yeah, but but it's amazing. It's amazing that you've you've got to that that point because, like I say, so many people don't. And in many ways, it's even more remarkable that you've spent two of those years battling through COVID. Yeah, well, which is, which, which is amazing. It's a crazy time. Ultimate stress test. Yeah, I've had, yeah. you know, I've had a really great network around me. Really great support network. Um, I've had my colleague Luke, who yeah, we launched in February. Um, but that was me nursing. That was me being in practice, local Brighton practices, and then Harley Street, like Marlebone from Brighton to London to Brighton, London to Brighton. It was me nursing, but then because I was getting inquiries in and it was all word of, like everything that like we've done, we're not on the phones calling practices. It's been word of mouth um, or they've seen us and they like what we're doing or they've they've sort of, I don't know, they've, they've seen what we're posting or what we're about and they mm. want to work with us that way but these are people when i speak to them they're like we like made a promise never to work with recruitment agencies again because we've mm. had such a bad experience <clears throat> like what can you help us with so it feels like we've got really diffuse what's been done before and, and like really build their guard down mm. bring their guards down to sort of rebuild that trust but mm. my colleague luke um joined me in june so february march april may june right and um I needed help, but I thought this, I always knew that it was gonna be bigger. I didn't think, okay, I'm gonna be a locum nurse, a freelance locum nurse, and that's gonna be it. That wasn't enough for me. I knew that wouldn't be, I wouldn't be fulfilled by that. And I knew that I can help other people with it. Um, so I always wanted to build diamond dental stuff up as like the main thing, but mm -hmm. have different divisions when the time was right. So I called my auntie's house phone because I thought my cousin was off of uni at the time for the summer. And I thought, well, I just need help while I'm locum in, um, someone to help me with my, like my admin and stuff. Um, and his older brother, Luke answered, he'd just been made redundant. And I was like, Luke, like, what are you doing at home? And he was like, oh, I've, I've just been made redundant. I was like, Luke, you can say no if you want, but I really need some help. Do you think you can help me for a couple of weeks? If you don't like it, it's fine. Um, there's no pressure <laughs> and after two days I was like you can you're never leaving me <laughs> but at that time so I'm just launched in February it was my um, ex's mum's 50th birthday and they were all so insistent that I went to Turkey with them and I was like I can't go I can't go on holiday like this is like I'm at the very start of my business I've got people calling mm -hmm. me you know I'm still trying to fund myself which is like crazy at that point um and then Luke joined me. So I was working from the hotel room. I'd go down, have breakfast with them. And then I spent most of the holiday working from the hotel room doing <laughs> Luke's induction. Um, so it was just, it was just so crazy, but he really is my, my right arm. And I'm so lucky to have that support to fall back on. That's good. And I was, I was um, having um, really bad working habits. Um, and I knew that I wouldn't be sort of accountable for myself to break them. So then I got, this guy. <laughs> oh, oh wow, that. look at that. He's obviously he's a, a bit of, a bit of he's just resting. So, oh, yeah. have you now, you've now forgotten you're allergic to dogs, yeah? Well, he's a Labradoodle. 
Where's the name come from, Emma? Why Diamond Dental? Oh, I thought you were going to say Mr. Bojangles. I was going to start singing to you. (laughs) 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 Okay, so Diamond Dental staff. Um, Okay, so I wanted to emphasise on the role that diamonds have within a dental practice. Obviously, and that will be the the strongest structure in your body. You need something diamond encrusted to cut through. Um, So there was that part of it. And then DDS, so doctor of dental surgery so it's already embedded into uh, a lot okay. of sort of uh-huh. dentists the, the, the letters that follow after the name yeah. uh-huh. um so that was one thing i thought okay dds diamond dental stuff and i didn't want it to be dental recruitment because i knew that wasn't it's what we do mm. but mm. we offer far more than that so actually when i say that the last two years has been just us redefining our services it hasn't mm. been us redefining it it's just been us being able to articulate it to potential practices that need our mm. services so mm. we've we've always promoted sustainable recruitment in dentistry so when we receive a vacancy from a client we make time to understand okay why is this person leaving is it like what's going mm. on what's your turnaround like what's your team culture like what's your recruitment strategy your retention strategy because it needs to be Mm. that sort of solution based mm. so um and that the the um the landscape's changed dramatically mm. over the last two years the onus now is on the employer if, if you look at job ads once upon a time as we need a dentist we need a dental nurse this is what we expect from you well actually as a dental nurse you know what's expected from you as a dentist mm. you know what you need to have now it's on the practice to say this is who we are this is our team this is this is our equipment and our services this is what we can offer you so they need Mm. to start implementing these um incentives they need Mm. to work on their employee value proposition they need to build on their employer brand so these are all things that we're sort of consulting with practices now and with that comes team training career planning Mm. one-to-one appraisals so you know this year we launched our own um, hr software and compliance system because we looked into it and it saves like 40 percent of uh, at least 40 percent of managerial time to complete these tasks well managing and lead leading a team is very different like they're mm. dual responsibilities but they work mm. together but they're not the same thing um and this platform helps with the onboarding so contracts offer letters um team announcements uh, booking one-to-ones holiday um everything's linked to payroll as well so mm. running the financial report um payroll sounds report. great yeah. yeah so this is what we've been doing the last two years and, and like it's funny you say okay like two years really you've had two years but that two years where it was quiet we were doing so much other stuff to sort of propel us now into mm. you know now in year four we're sort of trying and testing those services but mm. it's really year five, year six that we're most excited about. Mm-hmm. Well, you have to invest, don't you? You have oh, to sow the seeds. You have to plough the field. You have to put the yeah. the seed in, and then it grow, and then you can harvest it. If you yeah. don't do any of the other stuff before, it doesn't. You work. never get the chance no. to harvest. Right. You, you, you're, ov- you're obviously massive into relationships. Relationships seem like 
core to all the things you talk about it's about community you know the practices you work with the people you work with the support network around you you know the importance you place on on having luke as part of your team and, and the dog and the dog of course yeah, well, Mr. Mr. Bojangles. Yeah, Bojangles. big member of our uh, team that one and <laughs> I, I saw something a little while ago and it's, it's been used times and times before they say you don't build a business you build people and people build a business yeah and and it, it strikes me that, that that's kind of core to what you're about have you have you always been somebody that has really committed to relationships and, and seen that as a really important part of your life? Or is that something that, as you now as a business owner, there's a there's a renewed importance and focus on that? Because as a small business owner as we are, you do need other people around you to help you, mm. to get you to get to that, that next level. Is, is, that some, yeah, yeah. is that something that's kind of come on in recent times or have you always kind of approached your life in that way? Do you know what it is? Like, like this is like, like quite personal to me but the last couple of years I feel like has been my biggest life lesson in in understanding who I am but also going back to my childhood and understanding why I am the way I am and I remember my, my twin brother was bullied throughout school um, and I always felt like quite protective over him so much so that I was given the name Mighty Mouse because I used to go around beating up all the boys <laughs> no, cool. um, to like to defend my brother um which is probably like deeply embarrassed about now, but <laughs> six foot six. I always yeah, felt. I hope your brother's not called Penfold. Wasn't that Mighty Mouse's um, friend? Yeah, yeah. Penfold. Penfold. Yeah. Um, but I mean, everything's connected, right? But mm. in terms of like inclusion, inclusion, diversity, equality—these are all things that are at my at my core. Like, it's so important for me. Um, and I think where I sort of had to step up, where he lacked the confidence. I overcompensated to make sure that he was included in certain environments. And if I am in a social setting and some, I notice someone's like a, a bit quiet, then I do like I make more of an effort to be, to include them. And right. um, it's the, the best part about my job is having someone seeing their CV, talking to them, and then really being able to build on their confidence and being like, actually, like you have done so much in your career, like you're incredible, you're undervalued in this practice but there's a practice out there that is going to value you and recognize your efforts and embrace you and celebrate celebrate you completely mm. so um i've been in, in that environment where i felt like it like i just didn't fit in and it's mm. only really since moving into this office in plus x in brighton which is an innovation hub where there's so many different businesses but everyone's celebrated like as individuals and it's a really powerful position to be in to just go somewhere and not feel like you know sometimes as a dental nurse you're in a room and you feel like you're just there but you're not really you don't know whether you're able to engage with the patient or mm. there's been some I've worked in lots of different practices and some circumstances some situations have been really strange to be in in that you're sort of there to be there but you're not really they don't want you talking to the patients yeah, so you don't, you're weird. not really part of the team. You're there as like just an invisible support. Yeah, and I think it's really inclusion is really important. Representation mm. is really important. Yeah. So now we're like we're, we're guiding our patients when it comes to branding <clears throat> and websites and marketing and looking at their social and everything seems to be like whitewashed almost. Like it's it's mm. getting a lot better. But how can you uh, represent your team, your local community, your patients if you've got whitewashed stock images on your website that don't at all mm. reflect who you are or your, mm -hmm. or tell your story? So mm. I think. Um, I think just being authentic with that and, yeah. and giving people the confidence to be authentic because mm. even for me when I launched and it's funny now talking about it because this is the first time that I've really been interviewed about my journey. Year one, 
was me thinking okay well okay we've got we've got a business here people need the service year two was us coming away from like google drive folders and thinking shit now we need like we need to be able to manage all these clients and community members and applicants and then reinvested mm. into different platforms mm. but then trying to simplify that process of okay we're, we're getting applications from this platform that platform that platform now we've got to bring it all together mm. um so then year two was working out processes so mm -hmm. it was very much like working on the business and it was yeah. really difficult to get that to get that right balance um i feel like i'm going off on one and i'm, I'm not i've sped off and I don't know where I'm at anymore what's your question I'll tell you one, one, one thing you did say that, that we'll circle back to is, is that obviously you speak to, to lots and lots of people in practices and, and, and practice owners practice managers what's the morale like in dentistry from your perspective at the moment because um there's been a lot of changes that have hit the profession yeah. uh, with increased PPE, um, the pressures they're under, practices are busy, um, some people falling out of love <coughs> with the profession, some people leaving the profession. What, yeah. What's your perspective in terms of the, the general morale within, within the profession at the moment? Um, it really varies from practice to practice. Some practices absolutely have it right. Some practices can't get it right because they're short staffed. There's a massive recruitment crisis. And actually mm. people feel overworked because they're not able to fill the, their positions as they once were. Mm. Um, a lot of dentists are looking to come away from NHS dentistry. Our thoughts and our views and our encouragement is to advise practices to utilize the role of dental therapists because we have so many therapists that are still working as like the, um, as hygienists maybe and, and, oh, and really? not, oh, not fulfilling their scope of practice and the therapy element. And they're so hungry for it and they're so capable, but the practice maybe hasn't implemented that role just yet and it's like change management mm. this is a process it's, mm. it's going to take time but you have to start and then it's more of the, it's more than just a team culture it's educating the mm. patients then and the patient might see a hygienist or therapist as scale and polish they might not know the role of a therapist so that education has to come has to be full circle it has to come from everyone in the team mm. um we've actually just completed a um four series webinar on recruitment and retention with practice plan so it's interesting that you say that because okay. yesterday i saw that advertised i yeah. saw that advertised yeah, yeah yesterday's um webinar was on how to boost team morale and we just shared like lots of different examples but again it doesn't necessarily you don't have to have a massive budget for it you really don't it was the simple things that made such a difference so mm. i think um looking at like the uk statistics against uh, like, all workforces um like 69 percent of the work uk workforce would be far more productive if they felt valued mm. within their role mm. and recognized within their role 69 percent mm. is a staggering figure 40 percent leave their employment within the first year if they feel that they don't have the adequate training mm. opportunities so this is why it's so important for us to be like we need to share this information mm. to practices you're no bit you're no different to any other business Mm. You've got also, what you said then, you use the word feel twice, and we all know what things feel like. Yeah. If somebody genuinely says thank you, we know what that feels like. It makes us feel good. Yeah. And that point that you said about it, it doesn't necessarily need to cost money. It doesn't. And I that's think what you I can meant. create manners. a great culture about mm. manners, being nice, thanking, genuinely thanking people for, for what they're doing. Mm. All those things feed in. As long as it's done with sincerity and authenticity and you genuinely mean it, I think it goes so oh, far. It goes huge. Even giving you an employee a voice rather than at the team meeting mm. you telling them what 
what changes are being made or what the practice is doing, mm. sharing the agenda a week before and giving them the opportunity to share their feedback and be heard. Yeah, to input. Mm. And implement what it is that's been shared with you or, or provide feedback, thank them mm. for their input, celebrating the practices, growth and success together with your team. Mm. Um, monthly shout outs. You know, it doesn't necessarily be, you know, it can be like, okay, best team member of the of the month, but it might be like, um, you know, best alignment with our practice values or it can be mm. silly, like best tea maker or... I say best cup of tea, I think. Yeah. It's a big one, actually. That should be top of the it list. Is, it is quite important, the best cup of tea. We have a, we have a thing called a Drive to Award. We do. We? What's that? <laughs> So, so many years ago, when we were much smaller, we had a, our own in, in-house server, and basically, uh, every server has three drives. And uh, normally, the idea is that if one fails, it doesn't matter because the other two can pick it up. And uh, our server, um, according to the man who came from Microsoft to mend it, he said it was exceptional that two drives had failed on one machine. And basically, if both had failed at the same time, we'd have lost all of our data because it was uh, not being backed up because the supposedly this never happens on a server. You only ever lose one drive. So basically, poor old drive two just kept hanging on in there and hanging on in there and then backed up all the data and then collapsed. Wow. So we basically took it out of our, our server and we have it in a box and we give it to people as the drive two award for dedication and commitment That's above amazing. and beyond. And does that rotate because, around the office? Yeah, yeah. So the idea is we sort of get people get to vote on it as to, to who they think. We probably haven't done it for a while actually, no. thinking about it. No. But yeah, because we, we for just felt it's exactly as you say it's recognition of, of stuff they're doing it doesn't have to be did you did you make the best sale did you you know yeah. were you actually just kind to somebody exactly and I guess that's it it doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be like a financial gain just like you've been a really decent person you've been a really kind person yeah. you really yeah, helped yeah. us and you've offered a great amount of support to your team this month yeah. Yeah. it's a small thing I was going to say it's a small thing you know in, in your business it's the same as ours you know we we're good at what we do because we do a, a thousand small things really well and they add up to be a really big thing yeah. and quite often the really big thing doesn't really ever exist it's it's an amalgamation of lots of little micro things mm. that, that look like a big thing and it's those little things you need to celebrate because if you keep getting those right then everything else kind of falls into place around it mm. yeah absolutely you've you've so you've been you've been doing this for a reasonable period of time now and, and lots more to go and i know it's been a bit of a whirlwind for you but if you could if you could go back to the beginning, mm -hmm. would you do anything different? Absolutely not. Would you not. do the same thing again? Absolutely not. Like, I've learned so much on this journey. Um, I've never really had like an emotional response to something anyway. Like I'm quite calm and collective. And <laughs> Luke is fantastic for that because if we've had like a particular, particularly stressful day, just talking to Luke or just looking at Bo, like relieved any stress completely. <laughs> And we're quite, like, we are quite laid back with things. And I think um, it's everything's contributed to my learning, like, outside of mm. the business, but who I am as a person. Yeah, um, you are where you are, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I actually, I actually wouldn't, wouldn't, I wouldn't change anything, I don't think, because I'd, it would have taken us on a different path. And I don't know if we'd still have Diamond Dentist staff if 
yeah. we yeah. weren't to change anything now and I like where we are like I feel really proud mm. of where we're heading and it's taking like it's crazy to think okay yeah we're four years it still just feels like two mm-hmm. um, it only feels like now that we're starting to make some traction it's you know mm-hmm. calling calling practices like no one really wanted to talk to us um, I hid behind the logo for a little while as well with like imposter syndrome I've overcome it now but it's an ongoing it's an ongoing mm. thing but one one year at one of the awards not the awards one of the exhibitions dental exhibitions they put Diamond Den Stuff director and as I was walking past the stands or the stalls um, people would look at my name badge and then like, sort of drag me in to talk to me and, and think I was a practice and try to sell me stuff. And then I'd be like, oh, okay, but like, maybe I can help you with your recruitment. And they were like, mm-hmm. the conversation was different. The next year, they printed it as dental nurse because they put like my GDC registration in. The same mm-hmm. people that I spoke to the year before looked at me, saw dental nurse and just like... Looked away. Oh my goodness me. Look, I'm flaring my nostrils just thinking about it. I was absolutely appalled. Like mm. it was just not a nice <laughs> feeling at all how dental nurses are viewed in those sort of yeah. environments because then I had to sort of be like yeah my past is d- d- dental nurse but I'm also like the director of my own company and this is how yeah. we can help you or this is what we want to work with you so it was a weird time then there was the um, you know there were the events there was a pause in all the events mm, and they were taken yeah. digitally um, they were online hybrid events um, so the dental one of the dental showcases uh, or dental shows at the beginning of the year was the first time getting back out there after having like an online presence. Mm. And it well, I went on my own, but I wish I went with Luke to share that experience because it was unreal. I'm still buzzing from it. It was so nice <laughs> to finally be recognized for like all the hard work that we've put into mm. it mm-hmm. and bump into people that we've interviewed and that we've helped and that it was just, it was honestly, it was just really nice. It's really lovely. That's good. That's good. And I'm I'm really pleased we've got to talk now because it's only just beginning. But I think quite often it's very easy to talk to people who are 10, 12, 15, 20 years in and they kind of remember the beginning but not in the granular detail that you do because it's it's so recent in your past. Yeah, but you get, you know, it's like, you know, we, we started out on our business kind of relationship 22 years ago and you do remember the beginning but... It, it, it does get a little bit hazy, yeah. whereas yours is so fresh. I think it's really inspiring for other people who are either thinking about getting into practice ownership or setting up their own business or having a side hustle, whatever it might be, to kind of hear the the passion and the energy that goes into starting something. But the hard yards you have to put in, it's not easy, you know, but it's it's worth it. More so for, it is worth it. More so for like being known as that yes person mm-hmm. and that person that a lot of people go to, friends, family. And then having to be like, I can't say yes all the time. Like, I can't be there for you because I've, I've really, I've got other commitments. Like, I have to focus on that. That yep. was probably the hardest lesson mm-hmm. because, you know, there was a lot of friendships that the dynamics completely changed. Um, mm-hmm. But it perhaps identified that it was like sort of more one-sided anyway. So mm-hmm. I yeah. guess in terms of looking back out sort of outside the business thing and, and uh, the relationships around it, like that was a massive eye-opener as well. Mm. There's been lots. I think in life, I think it's easier to say yes than no. I think it's quite hard to say it's so no hard. to things it's so because hard to say no. you know, as a, as, as a as a natural people pleaser, you don't want to say no to people. No. But mm. I think as long as you have a good reason and you can explain why it's mm. no, any sensible, half decent person is going to going to understand that. Yeah. Um, but I think yeah, the busier you get, you have to say no to more things, yeah. or as you get sidetracked from your own, your own, your own, own plan. 
dilute what you've got yeah, exactly that. And, you be, and you become crap we could talk all day Emery. See, I think it's fascinating I think we'll it'll be one to revisit I think we should definitely be doing this again to. at some point because there's there's loads more that's going to kind of unravel as it as it goes on we always finish up by asking our, our guests two, the same two questions just because we're fascinated by the answers you get so the first one is if you could be the fly on the wall in a situation and, and watch a situation what, what would you like to, to look in on any situation yeah, yeah, anything, anything you, like. you want. Oh my goodness! And it can't be the one when that lady interviewed you, and after you left, she went. Who was that? <laughs> <laughs> she only came for a meet her friend. <laughs> um. Oh my goodness! This was re- this is a really difficult question to answer. There's been so many different things. I guess like my the funniest moment for me. <laughs> I was at my cousin's house in New York. I can't remember what we were laughing at, but there was me, my cousins, my aunties, and we were all having just the biggest belly laugh. We was all crying. My auntie had to run off to the toilet because she thought she was going to wet herself. And then we all ran into the toilet because then that was that made it even funnier. Like rice was coming out of my nose because we was laughing so hard. So I'd love to go back to that moment because it was just probably like one of the funniest moments for me in my life. Um, that- yeah, yeah, I mean, it sounds hilarious. And, and also it's that, link, it's that link back to family as well, isn't it? And having a good time. Yeah, and I hope that that's not the title of like this podcast, Rice Flew Out of My Nose. Imagine if that's, what, if that's the key yeah. takeaway from this podcast, then that would be very embarrassing. Exactly. So <laughs> listeners out there, remember, do not laugh so hard that Rice comes down your nose. Yeah. Because that means... We call it Mr. Bojangles. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's gone wrong when you're having too good a time. And our second, our second follow-up and final question... Is, is if you could meet somebody, somebody yeah. um, is there somebody that you'd like to sit down and, and have dinner with and, and have a chat to? Dead or alive? Yeah. Oh. Fict- fiction or fact? Okay. It's a really hard question because you think the obvious, okay, like I want to have dinner with my nan or I want to do this, I want to see my uncle, I want to see a family member that you, you know that's no longer here. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that would be too obvious. So my absolute go-to that I think is going to offer some inspiration to others as well is Dr. Maya Angelou who I'm not sure if you've heard of her but you might recognize some of her quotes so one of them that stuck out to me was like people will forget what you say but they won't forget how you made them feel yeah Yeah. there's that one there's be someone's rainbow in the clouds um there's lots of lovely quotes that she said and she's my go-to and she has been my go-to um like when things get really tricky I normally take myself have a bath light some candles fall (laughs) into a youtube uh loophole and I watched loads of Maya Angelou interviews and actually when I'm nervous I've actually been okay today you guys have made me feel really comfortable so thank you but when I'm nervous I find it really difficult to get my words out and I sort of stutter a little bit and that's been something that I've had to overcome in all these public speaking opportunities I've really Mm. had to work on that another big challenge of mine and Dr Maya Angelou really helped me with that with how she takes her time to sort of share her I'd message. I'd never have guessed. No, no likewise. No, it's not. Never it's not. Guessed. It, I, I, don't, I had no thought about the anxiety or the, the, the fear of speaking. I mean, most people. A couple of vodkas before. Yeah. You did I ask me most, if it was vodka. This <laughs> I think as a, as a guiding thing, most people um, don't wake up in the morning and look forward to having to make a a presentation or speak in public. It's unusual for people to find that something they look forward to doing. However. I think most people, when they do it, realise it's not as bad as they thought it was going to be. Um, and like you say, if we can create an environment that makes that, that easier, then, then great. But actually, it's mostly you because you know your stuff. You are 
passionate about what you're doing. I think whenever you get on a topic that you're interested in, um, a lot of that anxiety falls away anyway yeah. because you're comfortable talking about that stuff. I think public speaking is always that thing, isn't it? The fact of just remember that they would really hate to be standing there. <laughs> yeah. Standing there like, oh, I'm really glad it's yeah. not <laughs> I guess for me, it's like the, the flip of a coin and that because I'm in that position and I have to create that safe space to make people feel comfortable in their video interviews yeah. that we share with mm. clients. I yeah. have to spend time with them first get away get rid of those nerves and then press record for the video interview so they come across yeah, the best true. possible way yeah. so that sort of helped me as well but I remember being I, mean, I know we're running out of time I can, I can talk forever I remember going back to King's once to present on like a um, like a transitional from, from hospital setting into like a, a practice setting and I was standing outside and I was so nervous and I was shaking and I was outside and I was like Luke come here I need to punch you so I was like outside <laughs> in the hallway like just punching Luke Luke can handle it like he's a big guy but he was like come on Emma you got this and I was like <laughs> like an absolute mess but now oh, I absolutely love it I really do love it Good. Well, I, I think we should probably finish on you punching, on you Luke. punching Luke. Works for me. What a great, what a great place to end. Yeah, yeah it's lovely. How so to we build. now found out that Luke's a punch bag. Yeah, perhaps we call perhaps that with the title. <laughs> punch punching <or> Luke. <laughs> no, honestly, Emma, it's been it's been really, really enjoyable. I think you're doing a wonderful job. Thank I think you so your much. Um, commitment and passion to the profession is is wonderful, yeah, um, and I think you're on on path for for great things. So yeah, I'm looking forward to um, keeping an eye on how things go for you. Thank you so much for all your support, and thank nah, you so much for having me. It's and it's a real honour. It's been really good. Thank you. Yeah, it's been really good. Thanks. To catch Emma the relative beginning of her of her business life, I think for us was an absolute gem. Yeah, it was great. It was great. It's it's very interesting. Yet again, people's stories of how they get to where that. I think the dog groomer was quite. Yeah, was quite funny. Yeah, yeah. I can't be a dog groomer because I'm allergic to dogs. Yeah, that's quite an interesting one. But no, I thought it's fascinating. It's it's an interesting one, isn't it? That. As you say, began for four years, but probably only really began for two years because mm. the the world has sort of been a bit weird for two years. But also the the intensity and the drive that she's got and what she's put into her business, you could probably stretch it out for lots of people into something like a six or seven year mm. investment in her mm. business, but compressed into a very short period mm. of time. But really passionate about wanting to make a difference and reinvent what people would have thought about a recruitment business turning I think, it into more of a community i was gonna say i think that's probably the hardest thing she's got isn't it not only setting up a new business not only during covid but also trying to change people's attitudes to mm. traditional recruitment businesses yeah. because hers is a non yeah, traditional recruitment. But also, and that must be the hardest thing to try and But also around. a very modern outlook um, in terms of relationships and collaboration. Yeah, not trying to just do everything on her own, really trying to bring partners mm. and people with her um, to kind mm. of join part of that, that process. Yeah, fascinating. Yeah, fascinating. Really nice great. lady as well. I mean, yeah, yeah, good personality. Yeah, really I was going to say, fun. yeah. And, and it, it was interesting. She said towards the end about, you know, being anxious and nervous about having to sort of speak. It didn't yeah, come across not at, all. at all. She's confident, not That's because we make it so... So relaxed, Emma. That's what it is. Well, no, it was good. No, it was a great I thought she was brilliant. Really, really enjoyable. Really Thanks really for enjoyable. listening to this episode of Dentology, where we discuss the business of dentistry. If you like what you heard, please do subscribe where you found this episode. That would be amazing. And also follow us on Instagram.